The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the topic of discouragement from Psalm 42. In this sermon, Elder John Morgan Owens points out the reasons that we get discouraged. And when we left off yesterday, he had begun dealing with our greatest fear, which is the fear of death. Join us today as he concludes this message about discouragement and reminds us that we should always be encouraged in the Lord. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
power of God. He says, as a righteous person, which now you may not, you may not necessarily uh, live a perfect life. Nobody does. But as a blood-bought uh, blood child of God, you are a righteous person. Okay? At that before the, the righteous, holy God of the universe, He looks at you and He sees the blood of Jesus Christ and He is satisfied. And you are righteous. And so for a righteous person, you can have hope in your death. Man, that, that this scary uh, tool of Satan, you can look at it and have hope in it. Now that is the power of God. That ultimately, you get to the point in your walk with the Lord where you realize that, that the worst thing... <laughs> That the worst thing that this world can throw at you is death, which sends you into the presence of your God. That's something that you can have hope in. Imagine, you know, imagine being on your deathbed and, and realizing that you are but a step to seeing your master, the one that loves you so much. That's something that you can have hope in. Now, it, it doesn't mean that, that dying is not uh, painful or, you know, I, I don't look forward to that part of it. But I do look forward to seeing my master, and I, I'm not ashamed of that. So, let's go through a few examples. The Lord gives us uh, this wonderful example of discipleship and his election. In, in the people of Israel in the Old Testament, okay? Israel goes down, uh, in, in history, Israel goes down into Egypt because of the famine, because of various reasons. They go down into Egypt and then they become enslaved because the, the, the rulers forget who Joseph was and, and then now all the people of God are imprisoned uh, in Egypt, and we see time and time again in Scripture that Egypt is, is used as an example, as a type, really, of sin. It, it was a representation of the embodiment of, of the best that man could do in this world. It was a, a very prosperous nation. It was uh, full of enticements of the flesh. It was uh, really a representation of, of sin, okay? And so it's, it's interesting that Israel goes down and they're imprisoned uh, in sin, okay? And then, of course, we know that the Lord delivers them from that, delivers them from that bondage, delivers them in mighty ways, and these, all these miracles that he performs there to deliver them. You know, turning the whole river into blood and bulls and, and the death of the firstborn and hailstorms and darkness and all these mighty, mighty things. And then the Lord delivers them out. 
And then they get out there in the wilderness and they're running away from, from uh, the armies of sin. And they come upon the Red Sea. And what do they do? They say, why have you brought us out here to kill us out here in the wilderness? That, the, that these armies of the Egyptians are going to come and they're going to they're wipe us off the face of the map out here in this wilderness. Why did you bring us here? You know, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why do we allow ourselves to get frazzled and discouraged? Have we not seen the deliverance of God in the past? They should have been able to look at the past, to look at God's deliverance of them and getting them out of Egypt and His mighty things and say, does it even make sense that God would deliver us just to kill us out here? It doesn't make any sense, okay? But that is the thing about discouragement, okay? There is a part of you that wants to be discouraged. You want to disregard everything that makes sense. You want to take in that discouragement and hold on to it. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. What does God do? He provides for them again. And in a miraculous way, he divides the Red Sea and they walk through on dry ground. They get out there further out in the wilderness. Now they've been delivered from the armies of the Egyptians because the Lord just washes them away. And then they get out there and their, their stomachs begin to rumble a little bit and they get hungry. And they say, why have you brought us out here to, to let us die of hunger in the wilderness? Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why are, they, why are they disregarding all of the wonderful things that God has done for them now that they have found a little discouragement? And, and look, we give them a hard time, okay? It's hard not to read through that and say, what are you thinking? But you realize, that's me and you. That's, that, is, that is my discipleship. I have seen God deliver me in mighty ways. I know... That he loves me. I know that he came down. He came down to this sinful world and he broke himself for me. Why is he going to abandon me now? It doesn't make any sense. But yet I want to believe it. You know, I want to feel sorry for myself and discouraged. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Hope thou in God. So what does God do? God does one of the most amazing things that we, we see in Scripture. He rains down food from heaven. <laughs> okay? He sustains millions of people. You know, you can read through Scripture in the book of Numbers and others where it, it, it numbers the, the people of Israel and it's numbering uh, just the men of the households. And you're talking about, you know, Almost a million men that they name, okay? That's not including women and children. So you're talking about millions of people out there, and he sustains them for 40 years, 40-plus 40 years, from, from stuff that he just uh, rains out of heaven. And, and it's not as if it was bad-tasting stuff. They said it tasted like fresh oil. That, that sounds pretty good. So he, he provides for them again. And then let's go over to Numbers chapter 11. I want you to, I want you to 
feel this. Numbers 11, what's happening here is that the people have now been, they've now been delivered from Egypt. They've been delivered through the Red Sea. They've been kept alive by the miracle of God's provision over them and the manna. But that's not enough for them anymore, okay? They want more. Uh, let's look at verse 10. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child, and the land which thou uh, swearest unto their fathers? Uh, whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. They're sitting here and they're, they're pining for the days of Egypt where they could sit by the flesh pots. That doesn't really sound, that doesn't sound like a good place to me, honestly, the flesh pots. But nonetheless, they, they are pining for the flesh pots. They said it would have been better for us to just stay in Egypt. You know, you can eat good in Egypt. And then here's what happens. The Lord uh, says this. <clears throat> um, verse 18, I'm, we're just kind of jumping into the middle of this. And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month, until it come out at your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you, because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? <laughs> and Moses said, The people among whom I am are six hundred thousand footmen, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh, that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. <laughs> the Lord says, All right, you want some flesh to eat? You're not going to eat one day. You're not going to eat two days. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you flesh for a whole month, and, and you're going to be so sick of it by the time that month is up. It's going to be coming out of your nose. <laughs> and so that's what he does. They, he rains down these, this, this quail, a wind blows in this quail, and there's so much quail there that they're stacked up on top of each other across the land. You know, I love that. The Lord asked that, that rhetorical question, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Is, is your God not able to provide for you? You know, there was, there was some frustration there that you see. As, as God uh, listens to his people complain about, well, we don't have meat. We had meat in Egypt, but we don't have meat here. You know, think about that next time <laughs> that you begin to feel discontent. Has God not provided us everything we need? He really has. Now, 
I agree that living on manna uh, is not fun, okay? What, what the, the situation with the manna was that you would gather what you needed for that day. The Lord would give you your daily bread. It was what you needed for that day. If you gathered more than that, if you were perhaps a little afraid that you needed more, the extra would spoil. Except for when you gathered uh, before the Sabbath day, it would keep a whole day. See, the Lord would give you exactly what you needed. Now, I get nervous in my life trying to provide for my family and such as that. I get nervous when the Lord provides me my daily, my daily uh, bread. I wish that he would go ahead and just, and just uh, load up the storehouses so I had plenty to spare. But that's not always how it works. We walk by faith. All right. <clears throat> then in Numbers 13, after all of this, after the Lord makes them sick of quail, basically, after the Lord has, has delivered them from Egypt, he's delivered them from the Red Sea and, and manna, given them manna to eat, now they come here and they're on the border of the promised land. And they send spies out there to spy out the land to give a, to, to uh, honestly, I believe that the intent there was to bring back this word of how, uh, uh, what a beautiful place it is. And it was going to encourage everybody to go ahead and go. But you know what happened? We want to be discouraged. And so they, they come back and they say, this place has giants in it, and we're just like grasshoppers in their sight. They said, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's bountiful. They bring back those grapes and those pomegranates and these wonderful fruits. But yet they say, we, we can't do it. We, there's no way that we can do this. <laughs> Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why? Why, in the face of a God that cares and loves and provides, why do you think that he has taken you all the way to this place to let you fail? So, they give a bad report. And everybody loses it. Everybody takes hold of that discouragement. And there's only two people that speak out against it. Caleb and Joshua, those are the only two people, okay? The only two people of that entire generation that actually got to see that place. And they said, uh, where did, uh, Caleb in verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. This man realized the hope. He was seeing that hope. Okay, That's what hope is is when you see something, you see that ray of light out there. Everybody else sees darkness, but you see that light out there. And you say, let's go. <laughs> let's go. The Lord has provided. He's brought us this far. He, he will take us the rest of the way. <clears throat> but yet, they, they brought an evil report. And of course, the judgment that the Lord gives them is that you think I'm going to abandon you? <laughs> Your bodies will fall out here in the wilderness. And that's what happened. Until all of that generation passed away, they, would not, they, they could not go into the, the promised land. Now, we say, um, we criticize them, but are we any different? Okay, I know I'm not. You know, the Lord has delivered me from, 
so, so many trials in life, and yet when the next one comes up, I doubt his ability to provide. And so my soul is cast down within me. And, and the question I want to keep posing to you, okay, I want you to be remembering this, is why art thou cast down? You have absolutely no reason to be discouraged. You have no reason for your soul to be cast down within you because your hope is in God. And He will provide for you. See, we've got um, situations that you face in life that will, that will discourage you, okay? But there is always hope, okay? There is always hope. You can hope in God. You can hope in His Word. You can hope in His mercy. You see, even, you know, I've had times before where I, I find myself, I despise myself because of my sins and because of my drifting. I've drifted away from God, and I hate it, and I say, surely I can't come back to God this way. You know, Jeremiah hoped in his mercy. <laughs> we read in Scripture that you can have hope in his mercy, and I have felt that before. When I've been away from him and I think, surely God can't love me, but then I, I see that ray of light again, and I remember that he is a merciful and loving God, and I hope in his mercy again. All right, so just like the people of Israel, what are the things in our past that we can look back to and say that, that God delivered us back then. He'll deliver us in the future. Well, God delivered you from your sins. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we see that, that image of, of Egypt as that place of sin, that representation of sin. We see that Jesus, when he came, it was prophesied that he would come out of Egypt. He, they, they took him down into Egypt when he was little to avoid Herod. I, I think it's a beautiful image. Of, of what Jesus ultimately did for us. And he, he, he laid aside the garments of glory in heaven. He took on the robes of flesh and came down into Egypt, into sin, into the midst of this darkness with us. And he took our sins upon him, upon his shoulders, and he shed his blood, the blood of the Lamb, sprinkled on the mercy seat for us. And so... Now, you stand before the righteous, the holy God of this universe, and He looks at you, and He sees you as righteous, and He will take you to be with Him in glory. Okay, so what else? What else do we need? God has delivered us from hell. And so, when we look to the future, and you say, well, well Lord, can you really help me? Uh, you know, I've, I've got cancer, or I've got sickness. And, and your soul is disquieted within you and cast down within you, ask yourself this, why? Why are you discouraged? God has delivered you from hell, okay? This cancer ain't got nothing on that. And so you stand, you stand redeemed and justified before God. But not only that, look, it's better than that, okay? Because He has blessed you with a with a spirit within you. He has blessed you and given you life to see what He has done for you. To be able to actually have hope in Him. And also, we have hope in the resurrection, okay? That even 
if and when, if the Lord tarries and, and doesn't come back during my lifetime, I know, I don't know how, but I know this body will decay. Should that discourage me? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, in Proverbs, we read it, it should give you hope. <laughs> it should be encouraging to you to know that regardless of what happens to me, regardless of, of whatever this world can throw at me, whatever Satan throws at you, that you will stand before your God in glory. Amen. Not by my works, but by the works of one that loves me. Amen. And then also... <laughs> His generosity continues, <laughs> that He gives you knowledge of that in time so that you can have courage in the midst of darkness. But also, He provides for your material needs. Look, we can all, we can all share stories <laughs> about times that the Lord has provided for us. You can think back to times in which you didn't know how you would get through. But look, we're all here. <laughs> the Lord provides. He continues to provide. So again, um, again, I'll ask you, why art thou cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you discouraged? We of all people who understand his redemption, understand the blood that he shed for us, understand that you will see him in glory one day, we ought to be joyful. We ought to be joyful regardless of what's going on. So remember that. Next time you begin to slip, just like Jeremiah was doing, and you begin to to, to not be able to hold on to hope anymore and you begin to slip, remember that the mercy of your God and His love for you has no end. And I, I pray that you might be able to come out of that darkness. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.